0: Hi everyone, welcome to the very first episode of Season 2 of the Audacity Project. We're so happy to be venturing into a whole new season and this couldn't have happened without you all tuning in every now and then to listen to what we have to say, so thank you so much. Um, In this season, we're very proud to bring to you some conversations from leaders and changemakers and doers from around the world to contribute to the discussion on why feminist equity and inclusivity isn't the norm yet in the 21st century. Along with that, we also bring some vulnerable and audacious stories and insights. You'll need to fight this good fight against patriarchy at workplace. But um, before we get started, please, please remember patriarchy affects us all regardless of our gender. So this podcast isn't targeted for or set to criticize any particular gender. We'd love for all men out there to be our allies. So that being said, Let's dive into today's conversation. In today's conversation, we ask if the lack of feminist equity and inclusivity is the doing of our culture, or is it the doing of regressive laws and policies, or do they go hand-in-hand hand and form a vicious cycle? To discuss this and more, we have a very, very important guest with us on our podcast, which also, if I may declare this proudly, marks a huge milestone for us here at the Audacity Project. We have with us the General Counsel of Coca-Cola Industries, Ms. preeti Balbani, who's been breaking glass ceilings and creating a legacy for herself through hard work and discipline so this is what happened when i reached aramis balwani the minute i pitched her this idea she was absolutely keen on sharing her story and contributing to this conversation for just one reason wanting to break the cycle of oppression and uplift women in this stuff corporate world. Now, that's a leader we look up to and celebrate here at the Audacity Project. With me, I also have my co-founder, Jayashree Thangam, who I believe is an excellent, excellent person to lead this conversation. For um, To be very honest, she's faced her share of sexism and microaggression and invalidation in the business world, but she's always been just strong and determined enough to dust the toxicity off and focus on building herself right back up. You're listening to the first episode of Season 2 of The Audacity Project. This is Shweta Meena. Let's dive right in. Thank you so
1: much, uh, Shweta. Preeti, we're so, so happy to have you with us uh, on the show, on this episode. Uh, Okay, so a quick Google search, and it tells us how accomplished you are and how accomplished and self-made you are. So just, just to give you a you know, just a few list of accolades that she's received in the past couple of years. She's a star woman in law for 2019. Uh, she, she's in the top 50 legal and IP lawyers in Asia and the Indian National Association Bar. she's uh, you know, woman, She's got the Women GC Award in, in the year 2019. And she's also in GC Power List in 2018. She's also ranked as a rising, uh, rising star in, in, in the year 2020 list. Wow. And um, I'm just talking about the years uh, 2018 to 2020. And then there's more. This is just a quick Google search. And um, she's super accomplished. Like uh, Shweta said, she, was, she is the first female GC at Hindustan Coca-Cola. Before that, she was with um, uh, Kraft Heinz. Uh, she's not just general counsel, but she was also uh, the, a member of the board, which is a huge deal uh, for women uh, at this age to get on the board, which is usually just a male. With lot of testosterone in the room, so breaking into that is is a tough, tough deal. Uh, hi, hi, Valvani, how are you feeling today?
2: <laughs> I don't know if I'm worthy of all the praise and the accolades, but uh, certainly uh, it feels special uh, to to be with the podcast sisters and uh, very excited to be the first episode of season two of the Audacity Project. Uh, so thank you both very, very much and congratulations on a successful first season uh, and excited for the second season. So I'm honored and
1: privileged to be here. Thank you for having me. Well,
0: thank you. Thank you, thank you, Preeti, for giving us your time on a Sunday afternoon.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, just as a warm-up question, could you tell us about your journey from, you know, from, um, you know, uh, whenever I talk about people's journey and, and when I'm speaking with a person like you who's, who's already been there and done that, one song comes to my mind, which is Drake started from the bottom and now we're here. Uh, so why don't you tell us your story? Where did you start and uh, how are you here? What's what's been your key takeaways or if you have to give other aspiring women, young leaders a couple of uh, uh, nutshell, you know, uh, takeaways or advice, what would that be?
2: Fantastic. Uh, so so. Uh, it's it's been an interesting and exciting journey. Uh, I think um, uh, there has always been challenges when it comes to uh, breaking uh, stereotypes and preconceived notions, not just uh, with respect to gender, but also with respect to age. Uh, um, there are several times, uh, especially in our culture, Indian culture, uh, we do equate maturity wisdom with years of experience and Gray hair, uh, so it's always been an interesting and an and an exciting challenge to break those stereotypes. Um, if I would give, uh, you know. Uh, m- certain tips and tricks for for women young women leaders out there uh, i probably have uh, three things uh, that i would say uh, one is uh, your feelings uh, trust your instincts uh, your instincts will always be your north star your compass uh, that will tell you um you know, something's not right or something doesn't feel okay. Uh, so always trust your instincts. Um, that's the first lesson I learned. The second one was never fear failure. Uh, I failed so many times. Uh, I, I decided to Uh, give up a very cushy uh, fast track to partnership in one law firm uh, and start an entrepreneurial venture with another law firm setting up their Bombay office uh, and wanting to do things from ground up Uh, and then we tried and we had ambitious plans and we failed spectacularly Um, but that taught me more than I can say my successes did Uh, and finally I would say uh, find your happiness Uh, do what makes you happy, do what makes you passionate, do what wakes you up in the morning and makes you excited to go to work. Um, you spend so many hours of your day doing uh, you know, what you do to earn a living. Uh, you might as well have fun and be passionate about what you do. Uh, so those would be my three takeaways uh, uh, in terms of what I would advise uh, you know, young uh, entrepreneurs and young women leaders of the future.
1: Thank you, thank you so much. I think those are pearls of wisdom. Uh, it's something interesting that you said, Piti, uh, is that you know um, the, the the age as a barrier, and I've, it can't be more true. It, it you know I've, I've felt this, and I know more of my colleagues and uh, the my cohort in 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 my MBA class here also feel the same way that uh, for women. Uh, only if you had certain years of work experience, do they even take you seriously? And of course, yes, the gray hair gives you more you know—more strength than your, your expertise or your hard work that you put in. Absolutely true. And um, not just, not just as, as, as a position, but for other colleagues and other people that you work with to take you seriously and, and to actually treat you like a boss in case you're in a position of power, in case you're in a position of authority. You only you you're only as powerful as other people around you give you that power. Listen to you, right? Uh, I've I've faced that so much. You know, I'm I'm very young. I'm just starting my career, but even then, uh, you know, I've, I've faced that. And for you to bring that up on on this forum is so important. Thank you so much for that. Uh, do you do you mind spending a couple of more minutes on on this particular topic?
2: Sure. Uh, so so, Jeshi, um, it's. You know, um, we, we live in cultural stereotypes every single day, uh, and, and I think my key takeaway from it is that um, your actions and your consistent actions uh, are the ones that make the best impact or the most impact to try and shatter some of these uh, stereotypes. I'll share with you uh, a, a personal experience. Um, when I was interviewing for uh, a particular role, and I won't say which one, uh, uh, I was told that uh, even though I got the job eventually, uh, mind you, uh, I was told that the strongest feedback uh, was that she's too young. She won't be able to handle a team full of old men. Uh, and and I do lead teams of of. of People who are of of different age groups and different genders and different uh, uh, you know uh, uh, specifications, which which are personal to them. Uh, but one of the things I've learned, Jesu, is that we are people, and we bring our whole self to the room. Uh, We bring our experiences, our beliefs, our limitations, our strengths and weaknesses. uh, And it's important for the leader to understand the differences uh, and to try and lead those differences uh, somebody in my position doesn't only have to manage downwards, but also needs to manage upwards and sideways, um, which means I have to convince uh, my peers and, and my management that I'm the right person for the job. And I think it's important um, for us to understand that leadership is not about um, you know, credibility that comes with age, but consistent action. Uh, and that's how I've been able to shatter some of those stereotypes and, and myths.
0: Wow! if I may interject here, um, I mean, so as we were talking about cultural stereotypes and how um, it affects women and makes them doubt their, or makes the other people around them doubt their credibility, um, it immediately took me to this news article that I was reading yesterday um, about Bumble going public. So, um Whitney Wolf was actually initially a part of Tinder. She helped co-find Tinder, but then she was forced to quit because her credibility as a co-founder was constantly called into question. And she was called derogatory names by executives. And people stripped her of her co-founder role because having a girl with that title makes the company seem like a joke. But then once she left the company, she went on to find Bumble and the rest is history. And I was wondering, Preeti, is this something you can relate to? Have you ever been treated a particular way? uh, And have you ever been, um, have you ever had your opinions invalidated, your contributions invalidated um, in this because only because you're a woman in this male dominated industry? And how do you deal with such invalidation? How do you move forward?
2: So, so Shweta, that's a great question. Uh, And of course, uh, we get invalidated, not just because of our gender, but uh, additionally because of the way we look and the way we dress. Right. Uh, there's so much uh, focus in our culture uh, and our society on on the way a person looks. Uh, sometimes uh, that works as an advantage, and sometimes that work, works as a disadvantage. So, uh, if you were a good-looking presidential male candidate, you'd probably get votes. Uh, if you're uh, a well-dressed. Uh, smartly dressed, fashionable female, uh, you may get uh, disregarded. So so I'll give you an interesting uh, example of when this happened to me. Um, uh, we were doing a very uh, tricky uh, transaction and this was in, in my uh, life as a private practice Mergers and acquisitions lawyer. And uh, we had gone to Delhi and we were trying to uh, have a conversation with the, our counterparties. Uh, and um, I was sitting with my much more senior, older male uh, senior partner. Uh, but I was the one who was directing the conversation and having the chat and, and giving some feedback to the counterparties. Um, and and for some reason, the counterparty, while speaking to me, kept looking at my colleague. Um, for for a while, I, I was taken aback. I, I thought maybe he is not able to see straight. Uh, but then I realized that I would speak to him and, and he would respond back to my senior colleague. And, and my senior colleague uh, uh, also has a bit of an eyesight problem. So I kept nudging him saying, you know, This this gentleman is not looking at me. He's looking at you. Um, So so, uh, I realized that there are times in which we get invalidated, not just because uh, of the fact that we're women we get invalidated because our gender or our confidence or our self-assuredness makes other people uncomfortable the if the if I could count the number of times I've been told uh, that I intimidate people uh, just because I'm confident I would be a you know, uh, a very rich girl, if I had a penny for every single time, I'd be told that. So, uh, it's, it's, it's very strange, um, sometimes, uh, but one has to be empathetic, uh, and one has to understand, uh, what is triggering that, uh, and usually when you're able to understand what is triggering a particular behavior, uh, you can always, um, uh, rise above, or do what it takes to try and improve, uh, or or uh, you know diffuse that situation.
1: Wow, uh, very well said. Um, we just quickly know, uh, jotting down all the important points we're saying because this feels like great source of both uh, motivation and you know uh, it's it's like a little red book of guide to for for women like me to navigate what happens in in everyday work. Wow, thank you so much for that, Preeti.
0: You're very welcome. You know, Jayshree, it it quickly takes me back to the book you introduced me to back when we were working on season one. It's called... Own it leadership lessons for women who do written by Aparna Jain, yeah. which had a whole chapter dedicated to accounts written by women on microaggression and invalidation. And if there was one common factor that knit all these stories together, it would definitely be how their bosses refuse to look them in the eye at general discussions, boardroom meetings, or wherever, yeah. whenever they they raised a valid argument. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I don't look at you, mm. which
1: means you're not present. Yes. You know you're invisible, and that's how I take away your power. Right? Absolutely. Uh, also, also in Shrimantar's book, where she says, whenever she went out to a restaurant with a boyfriend or any any other male person, uh, the the waiter would always speak to the to the man. Uh, the, they would always present the bill to the man and never to her, even though she was the one that was giving the treat. She was the one that was extending a credit card or whatever. So these things, <laughs> I, I feel like. Yeah, so I, th- I think these tropes kind of exist in in most cultures. But what what Priti said about you know knowing what triggers you and then you know and just working on that really helps. And also empathizing, okay, where are they coming from? Is this conscious, unconscious? And knowing that also helps, right? Um, Priya, I I wanna I wanna uh, shift the gears a little bit and talk to you about. Um, you know, yes, glass ceilings. Uh, uh, but on the on the other hand, from where, uh, uh, from my experience and where I come from, uh, whenever I ask for a raise, they they always tell me like, "Why are you asking for a raise? You're single, and what are you going to do with all the money?" Uh, and uh, whereas my male colleagues have all, it, it's been always easy for them to get that raise. It's it's always been easy for them to get that promotion. Um, you know, uh, and I've also had an HR tell me, you know. Uh, women don't know how to manage money so I think it's better that I kept the money you know the company has the money and you know you you just keep working Uh have you ever have felt that kind of uh, you know what should I say uh, a barrier or a hurdle to uh, going up the ranks because as with with positions and promotions you also expect a salary hike you also expect a certain standard of living uh, how, how do you navigate that how do you how did you go through that
2: Okay, great. Uh, So I just wanted to address uh, uh, a bit of social and cultural engineering uh, 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 with women uh, first, before I answer your question more specifically. Um, You know, the number of times that we as women uh, sabotage ourselves is also surprising, right? Uh, We don't believe that we deserve the raise. We don't believe that we are good with money. Uh, We're not confident and assured enough to ask for that raise with with full authenticity and belief that we deserve it. Um, So I think a lot of the work uh, has to happen at our end as well. And we have to take responsibility for our own thoughts and limiting beliefs. Uh, uh, I've spoken to a number of my female colleagues who personally believe that. They deserve a raise, but aren't confident enough to ask for it, uh, and and that's where we reinforce a, a stereotype. Um, when it comes to me, I think a lot of the work I've done is make sure that that I don't reinforce a negative belief in myself first. Uh, make sure that I um, understand that if I deserve something, I I'm, I should be confident enough of asking for it. Um, and even though sometimes asking for it has a negative connotation, I don't mind. Uh, I've stopped, I've stopped caring about what other people think uh, and, and uh, you know, happier to just be okay with who I am. And it comes with age maybe, or it comes with, you know, um, uh, working on yourself or well, yeah, just just being being there and doing it so many times uh, uh, and understanding that that you deserve it. So so I, um, uh, you know, chose not to be married or have children and that's really my choice. Yeah. Um, uh, but that shouldn't be a reflection of what work I contribute to and, and whether I get Uh, paid what I deserve. Uh, When it comes to Coca-Cola, I can speak for uh, this company. Uh, There is a lot of emphasis on pay parity. Uh, and and we are an equal opportunity employer so you wouldn't find uh, a coca-cola associate who would have this complaint uh, we are very conscious uh, to ensure that if there is a particular individual uh, in a particular role um, um, irrespective of their gender they are pretty much paid the same. Uh, we also have practices like we, when we interview, we mask profiles. So we mask the names and the gender so mm-hmm. that we can evaluate profiles on merit. Uh, and, and that helps us uh, remain uh, an equal opportunity employer as well.
1: Wow. Uh, I hope more organizations do that. And I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I did read somewhere that uh, blind applications do get in more qualified and more diverse uh, candidates into the firm uh, than uh, than having a, an open or, you know, with, with just names, uh, names coming up uh, front. Thank you so much. Uh, that, was, that was a really interesting, interesting point about how women reinforce stereotype and how, you know, we should assure, we should be self-assured and we should put our foot forward in in, in asking for what we actually deserve. That's a great point.
0: Yeah, and the whole point on how you mask people's... Mm -hmm. names just to ensure a fair and gender neutral evaluation only based on people's merits. We've got bigger problems now (laughs) because we live in an era where um, almost all human functions are beginning to be replaced by artificial intelligence. Bigger corporations use them, particularly in their HR department now, So, um, uh, to make hiring decisions, that is. And because this AI is fed in with statistics and empirical data that's driven hiring decisions so far, which in itself is colored with certain prejudices and bias on several factors. These prejudices also drive the AI decision. So if I have an AI um, scan a man and a woman's CV, the chances that the man gets hired are so much greater than the chances that the woman gets hired. This puts pregnant women and married women at a much greater risk. So it's almost as if we're moving on to an era where we're being enslaved by decisions made by machines now.
2: That's, that's a really interesting observation, uh, uh, Shweta, and and I'm I'm quite uh, uh, curious uh, to understand a little bit more about uh, you know uh, and 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 we we're all working with data and we're all working with uh, artificial intelligence and continuous learning, uh, so and machine learning. So I'm I'm interested to know more about some of these uh, 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 you know aspects of of uh, artificial intelligence and how it could perhaps skew, um, and and that's a great call out. I think we should also have more female talent acquisition inputters uh, to make sure that that AI is uh, probably gets the benefit and the advantage of both genders. Uh, so thank you for that, lecture.
1: One hundred percent, of course. Yeah. Okay. So now that we're in the subject of uh, maternity. Uh, um, I was just thinking. So we in India, we right now have maternity leaves, uh, and people are fighting for paternity leave. So, what do you think? Uh, you know, is is is, is maternity leave um, a boon or is it a bane? Is it stopping women from continuing to be in the, in the workforce? Uh, what what would be your opinion on that? How should how should one think about it?
2: Well, um, look. I think we have to look at most evolved jurisprudence and geographies and and jurisdictions to understand a little bit about maternity benefits. Uh, And and I think uh, there are other more evolved jurisdictions that provide incentives uh, for uh, maternity benefits. you know, they 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 will give you loans, and they will encourage you to have children, and they will give you a fully paid uh, time off uh, for you know going up to twelve to twenty four months. Um, when you compare that to India, I think uh, a six month period is necessary, and perhaps. Uh, inadequate if you ask me for my mm-hmm. personal opinion and I think it's a good move to have maternity benefits in India uh, mm-hmm. and and I'm grateful that the legislation has moved it up to six months uh, however I still think that it is uh, inadequate um, and and what's, mm-hmm. what's also disappointing to note is that when somebody is on maternity benefit um, uh, the, the way the their vacant position is treated. Uh, so there's not always a job to come back to. Um, you're assured, Absolutely. You're assured of uh, a job, but not the same mm-hmm. one, uh, and same job. and perhaps not at the same seniority, um, which is uh, unfortunate. And I think that companies and company policies should evolve to be, to protect. Um, um, you know mothers going on maternity leaves and i think legislation regulation and policy should also think about uh you know trying to protect some of those areas uh might be hard for legislation to achieve what policy can Uh, but to your specific question on paternity benefits i think uh you know it's important that we have paternity benefits. Uh, We don't have a legislation that protects that currently, but uh, I'm aware of several companies that provide uh, paternity leave, uh, which is equal to and on par with the maternity benefits that are provided under law. Uh, And I think that uh, companies uh, such as, you know, Godridge and some of the others are doing a lot of work uh, in this space, not just for, um, you know, making sure that we're, uh, an, an equal opportunity place of work, but also a diverse and inclusive place of working, uh, which just, which doesn't just include, uh, you know, gender, but also other, uh, proclivities and, and, uh, preferences.
1: Wow. Um, that was on point. Uh, yeah, uh, I I, I asked this question because um, you know I, I read somewhere that just having maternity leaves will kind of distinguish women and say okay should, I, should should I hire this lady? She's she's married and it's been a couple of years. There's high chances that she's gonna have a have a kid right now. Uh, so maybe she might not be the right candidate. And then this article goes on to explain that how having paternity leave as well will will remove that stigma, or remove that maternal wall and and in in, an, in in the eyes of an employer both male and female would still be the same if both of them have rights to take those uh, you know paternity and maternity leaves okay but your your uh, uh, explanation uh, on you know how legislation and policy needs to kind of catch up and then how how things are slightly moving in the right direction for us does give me a lot more confidence well just to just to add
2: to that uh, je one more point that you can consider is uh, a company should actually encourage men to take the paternity leave uh, that will also uh, you know um, help move the conversation forward right so if if a company has maternity and paternity leave but the, the fathers never do actually take them uh, then then it it doesn't take a yeah, it doesn't take away the bias. So, so um, I would say that we should encourage, uh, uh, you know, fathers to take that so that there is a more level playing. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, okay, so I I wanna um, I wanna shift gears a little bit and then ask you about Me Too movement was phenomenal. It brought out a lot of issues that otherwise would have never surfaced. In, in, in the face of uh, in, in a woman's life or in, for, for corporations all on earth. Uh, while that was, that was so cool and, and it brought in a lot of issues, highlighted a lot of issues in what's happening in a corporate wor- world and what's happening in place of work and otherwise, uh, I felt or you know some of us felt like it also created a sense of apprehension for for people who hire. Uh, I, I know a couple of my friends who, are, who, are, who, who had their own startups would think twice before um before selecting a female candidate because they were thinking am i inviting trouble for myself by you know by by thinking about diversity by thinking about having women on um on my office and in my premises um so while it helped further voices of few women i felt like it did create that sense of doubt and sense of apprehension for other for other people and which might um which, might com- which went completely the opposite way of what we intended it to be. Uh, so, in, in wake of that, in, in, in light of that information, do you think the sexual harassment policies and corporations uh, have have they changed? Uh, are, are they still status quo? Did anything at all happen in, in within organizations that um, that um, that made more? Uh, Available news available to talk about these issues and even for men to talk about these issues and participate in the, in the conversation?
2: You know, uh, this is an interesting conversation and interesting point in time that we're having this conversation. Uh, in India, uh, there are very few laws that that really protect sexual harassment right uh and and there was as you know a supreme court judgment which essentially enshrined what then became the prevention of sexual harassment of women at the workplace law um and and that is what companies uh, follow in terms of company policy, uh, in India at least. And, and that is uh, the, the framework within which India works. Uh, you'll be surprised to know uh, that many geographies, many jurisdictions like the US don't have similar legislations. Um, and India is actually um, very mature and advanced to have this kind of legislation and this kind of protection. Um, so, so it is really a, a worthy effort in terms of law and and legislation. Having said that, um, uh, we clearly know that this is a problem, right? Uh, There wouldn't be so many women coming out and speaking uh, if this wasn't a real problem across the world. Um, Some of the stories that we've heard is about, you know, uh, discrimination or invalidation of women of color. Or, or women of a certain race or culture um, um, uh, because of the fact that she's African American uh, of origin or she's you know a certain cultural stereotype and, and those were very um, disturbing stories. Um, when it comes to uh, the, the flip side, yes there were some women who exploited that there were some women who uh, you know misused, that legislation to to uh, settle old scores. Uh, and we saw a lot of that, but but the, comp- the ratio of, of that was far less uh, than the actual problem. And, and the legislation and the policy is trying to fix uh, what we know to be a global uh, widespread issue. Um, when it comes to um, employer perspective uh, and employer perspectives, uh, how can you be an equal opportunity employer when you are discriminating on the basis of a potential maternity problem or a potential sexual harassment problem right um anybody can misuse uh, any of these laws uh, but but when you are an a founder a startup owner or a um largely established firm uh, you're going to have to think about your ethos your culture your values um, uh, and and it's the culture of an organization uh, that, that really sets you apart and sets you up to success um, so my advice to, to starters, uh, startup founders would be, uh, please think about the culture of your organization uh, and, and, and how, what that means to you and what that means to your success. Um, and, and then think about whether you're going to be afraid to live because you know you're going to die one of these days. So that's the analogy I can give you.
1: Wow. Wow! So cool. Uh, Okay. Uh, I have uh, just one last question and I think it's, I don't know, it's the funny one and also an interesting one um, is that what's your opinion on locker room uh, talks or chats or boardroom chats? I ask this specifically because um, I've had the opportunity to uh, to work in, in a good position where uh, with position comes more responsibility, which means I had to uh, stay late nights and stay at the office uh, long after most of the other colleagues have have left for home. And what I've noticed during those times is that so when when certain group of men stay back, and these are usually the heads of departments and the CXOs, um, once the, 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 most of the crowd leaves, what happens is they have their tea de- at a chai time for the de- tea time. Where they gather around in, into into the into the boardroom or a conference room, and they're talking about you know did you, did you did you see this did you see that and they're just gossiping and and I've been there I've seen it and I've mortified uh, uh and and that's the first time I've been noticing it because the stereotype the general the general stereotype was that hmm, women gossip a lot they're standing next to the water cooler and they're talking about sub-Z and blouses and everything but I've noticed this. Happen a lot more with men and powerful men uh, in after office hours. So what you, what's your opinion on that? Uh, you know, is, should should women be worried about that, uh, or is it just something that they do and we should go on with our lives?
2: Before uh, women should be worried about that, I think companies should be very uh, concerned about this kind of culture, uh, and and I think it's mm-hmm. important for us uh, as senior leaders of uh, you know large corporations to make sure that uh, we mm-hmm. do not encourage or reinforce such cultural stereotypes. Uh, um, uh, you. You can have water cooler conversations and, and they it, we do tend to gravitate towards what is similar or familiar, which is, you know, we are likely to find cohorts that are similar in age or Culture or background, uh, or even maybe possibly uh, uh, gender, uh, but that should not uh, give us an excuse or liberty or permission uh, to to uh, gossip uh, or judge or criticize uh, other colleagues. Uh, and and even if uh, you know that happens, it cannot be that we are um, you know. Uh, 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 sort of uh disapproving of what a woman wears or um how she looks or how she conducts herself uh and and this, it's important for organizations to have gen- gender sensitivity training and unconscious bias training and not just unconscious bias training but also other kinds of biases right um, we have positive biases as well uh, we want we want what's familiar we want what's uh we want to work with who we like. Um, uh, we want to work with people who are like us, uh, who we can relate to, who mm-hmm. support us, uh, who make us look good. Um, and, and it's important for us to think um of of the organization as a separate organism uh, that we have a responsibility towards uh, and and it is not based on on our personal preferences. Uh, So so, uh, my advice to women is uh, uh, learn to ignore Uh, But if you see something that is uh, uh, concerning, uh, please report it, Uh, please speak up. Uh, Just like the Audacity Project, uh, I encourage each and every one of the women leaders or future women leaders out there to be audacious, but uh, audacious, as audacious as they can be.
1: Wow. Thank
0: you so much for that. Brilliant word. And um, it also answers the question we raised at the very beginning of this episode, which is whether... Is it a matter of policy and law, or is it a matter of culture? And according to you, it's a mixture of both, and rightfully so, because big corporations, as you said, will have to be mindful of the practices they're encouraging, and people will have to be open to learning and unlearning things and uh, be aware of the impact that they mm-hmm. have on uh, the people around them. So, to me, it beautifully concludes this episode. Absolutely. Preeti, uh, I
1: am at the end of my questions. Do you have any questions for us? Well,
2: um, so so Shweta and Jayshree, um, I I hope, uh, that that uh, the uh, Audacity Project, uh, goes very far and wide. Uh, I hope that you can reach the young women, uh, uh, that go through, uh, this, uh, in 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 their lives. Uh, I was having a chat with Shweta. And, and I was introspecting and thinking to myself, I wish I had uh, a podcast where I could tune in to soul sisters such as yourselves uh, and, and tell my younger self that you're not alone and this too shall pass, uh, because I have faced uh, harassment and bullying at the workplace and I have uh, not really understood what I did wrong uh, uh, and why I was facing harassment and bullying, uh, and and I wish that they, that I had access to uh, you know the Audacity Project and this podcast when I was going through all of that. Uh, so I'm really truly grateful for this initiative, uh, and and very very happy and 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 really honored and privileged to have been here. Uh, and if my story can help. Uh, uh, I feel that maybe what I went through was worth it. Uh, so so absolutely, you know, grateful and, and very, very happy to have been here. Um, Chweta and Jayshree, um, uh, I mean, kudos to you for what you're doing. Uh, and uh, very excited to listen to the entire season of the Audacity Project. So, So super excited for that.
0: I'm mentally giving myself a pat on the back right this moment. <laughs> no, really, because you read about such stories, you read about women having to fight all odds every day of their career to get at the pinnacle. Um, but when you have someone you look up to sit you down and answer all your questions and be very vulnerable and open and raw and honest while doing so, it's scary, but it also instills a certain sense of hope in you um, to say that no matter what what things are like, if you persist just enough, you can make it. And, also, it makes me want to reach out to more such women who embrace this idea of sisterhood and amplify their stories too, because there's a certain sense of solidarity that's created when people come together and reflect upon their experiences and and learn that they're not alone in this journey. Um, and I hope our listeners felt the same because this was amazing, Riti. So thank you so much for this
2: absolutely shweta and jayshree big hugs to to the sisterhood uh, let's all wrap our arms around each other and support each other uh, so that uh, we we don't we can try to make sure that the the ones that come uh, later don't have to go through uh, what we did and we also stand on the shoulders of those women who paved the way for us uh so so thank you to those leaders before me uh who made it possible for me to be here uh and i'm going to pay back and do the same for the sisters who are yet to shine uh so so kudos to each and every one of you wow
0: thank you thank you Preeti, for this conversation it's been such a privilege Village. um i'm gonna let you go now so please enjoy the rest of your sunday afternoon bye bye take care thank you bye bye hi there if you like this episode and want to check out more of who we are what we do you can visit our website which is www.theadacityproject.net you can also follow us on our instagram which is at Project. until next time take care bye bye see you